Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Presented by Locked On, it's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Thursday edition of the show. Kyle, it is opening day in Major League Baseball, and I know that you could not care less. Welcome to the show. Hello, Joseph. I am going to make sure I focus all of my energy today strictly on football and nothing else. This is what the people desire strictly football and nothing else so who is your rb1 (laughs) what a weird what a weird comment my friend mr two star leaving us two star review because we talked about lawnmowers for two minutes joe how often do you think we talk about football on this podcast how many how many hours and minutes a week do we talk on this podcast uh, 150 minutes a week, right? Right. So like two and a half hours a week. Yep. Approximately, give or take 10, 15 minutes. How much of that time do you think is dedicated to football? Probably 140, 145 minutes of it, maybe more. <laughs> you don't get me jazzed up telling us See? we can't talk about some extra stuff, man. Kyle, you're, but we've, you're starting to train these people, though. If, if they give us a crap review – then we're going to talk no, about it on tr- the podcast. Right. Well, I'm tr- I'm not naming any names. I'm trying to encourage our loyal, happy fan uh, base to help counteract these two-star reviews and one-star uh, reviews. Very good. Very good. I see what you did there. I like that, Kyle. And I like yeah, that you I'm, glossed right over my baseball comment. I'm excited about opening day, and I know you're I, I will tell you who my RB1 is, though. Okay. We'll take that. Daryl Henderson. That's it. Right. You got no reaction at all. Well, we just planned out our shows for the, this. Well, I, I'm just disappointed because he's not the best running back in the class, which is a preview for Board Wars, which comes out. Uh, what is that? We just talked. We just the week said of the this, draft. The week of the draft. We're going. We decided we're going to. We've done this in the past, and it's like an hour and a half show. We decided we're not going to, you know, box ourselves in. We're going to go two days with it and really rip apart each other's boards. And you can look forward to that April 22nd and 23rd. Was so, that Tuesday and Wednesday? It's a, it's a, two, no, it's, well, yeah, maybe it's Tuesday, Wednesday. I can't remember. We just talked about it, but scientists don't even know. Somewhere really. in that week, we're doing two shows on board <laughs> wars where I make fun of Kyle for somehow having Daryl Henderson as his RB1. Hey, and he can explain listen. himself then. Listen, the good news is I vetted my board. There's no Clemson interior offensive lineman in the top 100 this year. Hey, that's on you. I was prepared to never bring that up again, uh, but... Uh, Listen, you got to own your misses, right? Yeah. I mean, who knows? He, he Maybe he gets signed here by a team. <laughs> you, can't, you can't even get all the way through that sentence without laughing. You bastard. Uh, Wow, I'm a bass. Okay, that's a that's my third. That's my third. I've, I've called yeah. you bastard before. Yeah, I know. Anyway, yeah. Joe, why don't we why don't we introduce the people now that we've wasted three minutes not talking about yeah. football while kind of talking about football? Why don't we introduce the people to the concept of the next couple weeks of the show? Because 
this is a concept that we've brainstormed on and we prepped ahead of time and we feel really good about it. And it's, it's dueling. What would we do? Three round mock drafts essentially is how it works, right? So what we're going to have to do, Joe, is we're going to have to put out a poll every day for each of the teams that we draft the three rounds for on social media. Joe is at the Joe Marino and I'm at grinding the tape. We'll figure out who's putting out the polls. We might alternate by day, whatever, and ask the people whose three round haul they like better. And Joe, we're going to keep score for all 32 teams. Looking forward to that 16, 16 tie. It's going to be great. Listen, I'll be real mad because we haven't had like a lot of, there's been a lot of split decisions in our competitions lately. No, the season bets was two and two. Uh, I think we've split the last two like uh, drafts of like events, like food or meals or whatever, or Christmas movies. We're, we're one and one in our last two of those. So we need a decisive victor. So it's a race to 17. I want 20. I personally want 20. You want, you want 20. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we're doing. Well, you said a couple of weeks. It's going to be eight shows, right? So the eight, eight division, shows. eight shows. So yep. today's everybody always starts with the AFC East, not us. We're starting oh, with the NFC North. NFC North is on tap today. And the Bears made this very easy on us. They have one pick in the first three rounds. <laughs> <laughs> I kept looking up. I was like, when the hell's Chicago getting on the board, man? You, you, you Bears fans have a rough, rough day one and day two ahead of you because rough. you got to wait for that pick, too. 87. Just so remember, you have Khalil Mack and Anthony Miller, and you'll be just fine. Correct. It's well worth it, we promise. Yes. So, Joe and I have drafted each of the three teams, or each of the four teams, the first three rounds. I believe there's 11 picks made in today's show. We're going to go by team by team, one team at a time, but uh, we don't know who the other person has picked. So we may come out of this with equal mocks, Joe. We haven't considered that yet. Either. <laughs> I guarantee we didn't. We, we, we might, though. The Bears, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> so there's only one pick. Yeah. Uh, so, so we don't know who the other person has picked. Uh, Joe, I'm going to let you lead for the Lions who are on the clock first in this NFC North three round we will reveal the entire lions draft class talk about it briefly and then move on to the next team yes and uh just one more piece of context here as we did this we we loaded up the mock draft machine from the draftnetwork.com and uh we we you can select more than one team so each one of us individually selected all four teams in the division and so no picks are replicated it was the actual mock draft picking from the actual way that things unfolded. So uh, I think that's important for everyone to know. So without further ado, here's what I did for the Detroit Lions, which I can assure you will be better than what Kyle did. Um, In the first round, number eight overall, we went with DK Metcalf, wide receiver from Ole Miss. Oh, yeah. We need playmakers. I like what they have in in, uh, Galladay and Jones and, and Amendola, but I have another dude here that, you know, Stafford knew how to throw that ball to, to Calvin Johnson. And I think that we can get similar type production out of him and really give this, this lion's offense a boost, make it very dynamic in the second round. We went with cornerback Rocky Asin. All right. Now we've got Darius Slay and we're not, we can't, we cannot try it out Jalen Tabor anymore opposite him on the outside. So Rocky Asin's a guy that's a super high character guy, gives you some ball skills, physical player, really good impress. And uh, finally gives them a much-needed cornerback, too. 
And then with uh, pick number 88, their third round pick, I went back to the offensive side of the ball. I know they just invested in Jesse James. Jesse James is an average replacement level tight end. I went ahead and got him Kahal Waring from San Diego State, a guy that I think is NFL ready as a as a blocker right now. But his upside in the receiving game is really exciting. You saw that in the combine during drills. You saw the flashes throughout the course of the season. And I think with a year a year of seasoning, with Jesse James being the guy, I think that you can get a real steal here in Warring at pick number 88. Joe, you had the right thought process, but you went in the wrong order. Okay, oh. The Detroit Lions on the clock for me at eight. They drafted a tight end. And as I'm taking into consideration Detroit, and what their experience was with their last tight end, I didn't give him no offense. I gave him TJ Hawkinson at eight overall. I think he's a plug-and-play starter. He's going to be comfortable playing with his hand in the dirt at the line of scrimmage. They've got some weapons on the outside. They can use some depth, as you said, and DK Metcalf obviously is a step in the right direction there, uh, to say the least. But Hawkinson is such a gross upgrade over what they have in Michael Roberts and Jesse James, with all due respect to Jesse James. Uh, for the Detroit Lions on the clock in the second round. I looked at corner. I didn't find any value that I liked. So I went with my best player available at 43, which was offensive guard Chris Lindstrom of Boston College. You could put him in at right guard, and all of a sudden this offensive line, they're thinking about trying Tyrell Crosby over there at the right guard position, and that's fine, but it's between Crosby and Kenny Wiggins. Give me Chris Lindstrom all day. (laughs) You got Decker, Ragnow, Glasgow, Chris Lindstrom, and Ricky Wagner as your offensive line. Those will move some bodies. And then in the third round, again, corner, it went real quick. The board just did not fall. I'm not going to force a pick. I am going to take another skill player. I'm going to take Riley Ridley from Georgia, who slid here. He didn't have great athletic testing, but he's got really promising tape, really promising traits, hoping he can put it all together here. So my three for the Lions is Hawkinson, Chris Lindstrom, and Riley Ridley. We're going to score some points. So it's, this is going to come down to do people want the the big-time impact receiver or tight end? Do they want the upgrade at guard or corner? And uh, oh, you're, you're gonna, I, I expect you to take this one because you took a corner. All right. Well, maybe uh, Lindstrom's a good pick. I was like, oh, that was good. I should have maybe considered a guard. I, I thought you made a good pick there. So Thanks, Yoey. So uh, should I start with Green Bay? Yeah, this is the big one. What, four picks, right? Oh, my goodness gracious. What a haul this was for the Pack. And first of all, the Packers, we did this mock, and I told Joe in the pre-show, I said, this defense is scary all of a sudden. With the signings that they've made, Darius Smith, Preston Smith, Adrian Amos, this is a really, really impressive group from top to bottom. Uh, there's still some work to be done, still some some young playmakers that you can add to this group, some versatility that you can add, and I'm excited what I'm bringing to the table here to the Packers. Number 12, I gave him Brian Burns. If he's on the clock at 12, as a team that runs odd fronts a lot of the time, has their rushers standing up playing two-point stance, this is a no-brainer pick. Brian Burns, best pass rusher in the class. You can help supplement Preston Smith who's an effective power rusher, but he's nowhere near the caliber of a pass rusher as far as his technique and his traits as what you're going to get out of Brian Burns. At 30, I took the defensive weapon, chess piece. They got Josh Jones, who can play some linebacker and some strong safety. How about adding Chauncey Gardner-Johnson to this group at 30 as a guy who can play the nickel, can play safety. They can go three safeties on the field with Chauncey, Josh Jones, and Adrian Amos, and you have a ton of flexibility if you want to take one of these inside linebackers 
off the field for them. And you can play nickel right there with three safeties and totally comfortably also play base with Jones dropped down if Chauncey Garner-Johnson's on the roster at 44. I took a young tight end in Irv Smith Jr. that can kind of help take the mantle from Jimmy Graham, who's kind of been brought over as a stopgap piece, give Aaron Rodgers an extended piece for the next couple years while he's still playing. And then with the 75th pick, I'm looking at these wide receivers. I know they like some of these wide receivers, but I had to go out and get another one. I went out and got J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who on the board at 75 gives a lot of physicality, gives some contested catch skill to a group and a group of receivers that already plays big and physical to begin with. I really like the match there with what Green Bay likes to do. All right. So not bad, Kyle. Not bad. I'm going to one-up you here, though, with this Packers haul that I put together. Um, at number 12, I went with Ed Oliver from Houston. And um, I, I thought maybe I'd be able to get some value at tight end later on, and I did. And for me, Ed Oliver, he adds to the mix of, of a really good duo inside in Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels. But Mike Daniels is up after this year, and so gives him a natural replacement and an impact player right now um, to further improve that defensive front. Uh, at number 30, we went with TJ Hawkinson. Hello. That was a, a really nice gift to see him on the board uh, there at number 30. Uh, we've we've always kind of craved being able to see Aaron Rodgers with a really high impact caliber tight end. And it hasn't really happened. But I think Hawkinson can be the one that finally really gets on the same page and really opens up the seam and, and all the different things that Hawkinson be, can be as a three-level threat, but also really improves the blocking as well, where um, right now, uh, I mean, I, I feel like that's what's really exciting about Hawkinson is that dual that dual ability to be a two-way player. And, you know, right now, uh, Mercedes Lewis is a fine blocker, but, you know, Jimmy Graham, you know, he's getting a little old, getting a little old, not quite making the impact we thought he would there. At uh, number 44, we went with an uh, offensive lineman, Yadni Kajust, a guy that uh, can step in and, and challenge um, for that job next year where uh, Brian Balaga is a, fr- a free agent, and uh, they need to be forward-thinking there with some of the other big investments they already have on the offensive line. And maybe if if you do bring Balaga back, you can cha- use him to challenge for an interior spot. So there's, there's position flexibility and forward-thinking by adding a starting caliber Offensive lineman and Yanni Kajus, we know how stressed the offensive line depth has been in Green Bay over the last couple of years. And so this really helps that not be an issue moving forward. And then at 75, went to the receiving core here. We went with Terry McLaurin from Ohio State, uh, getting a first round caliber wide receiver here, Kyle, at uh, pick oh, number boy. 75, according to Mel Kuyper. Now, listen, McLaurin's a great football player, super high character, can help you on special teams right away. He can stretch the field, really detailed route runner, good hands. I think he kind of checks all the boxes and gives you uh, a quality piece to add to the mix here and gives them, uh, you know, they got some big physical receivers, but this gives them a little bit more of a finesse guy with uh, with good route running skills. So we went with Ed Oliver at 12, TJ Hawkinson at 30, Yadni Kajus at 44, and Terry McLaurin at 75. Can I give a w- quick recap before you do uh, sure. Minnesota? Yeah. Uh, I had Burns, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Irv Smith, and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. So two mocks in, we have no duplicate picks. Yeah, we did good. So we this done, will be fun. We done did good. So there'll be there'll be uh, plenty. Well, we, we still got two more to go here. Um, well, I I'm guess worried two, about I'm worried about Chicago. Well, there was a player on the board that I could not pass up. So they're last actually. So we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. yeah. Minnesota, Minnesota. Um, yeah, I'm up. Minnesota. I guess I'll take the. What's that? Yeah. Right. Minnesota. 
What did I do? Didn't I do that ridiculous thing? Is that still oh, the lead yeah. of the podcast? Oh yeah, better than this. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, oh, that, man! You must have, you ran that for a week before I realized that was part of the lead. Of, no, no, no! Uh, how you missed it? You must not. Well, be I told you, to I don't self. I don't self scout the episodes anymore. I listen. I listened to uh, yesterday's actually. I, I really did. I've been. I I've been to getting yesterday's on the, too. One of one of the most challenging parts of my day, and I know this sounds ridiculous, is finding sixteen hours worth of music to have on in the background while I watch football <laughs> players. So I'm listening to more podcasts than ever. I've been listening to Lockdown Mets uh, from the Lockdown Podcast Network. I've been listening to um, a lot of so different ones. Uh, I've caught I caught the first episode of that, but I didn't catch the next two. Wow! I have wow. to I have to catch up for sure. I'm fifteen. Wow. Great Dolphins podcast, I hear. And I, so I listened to ours. I got so desperate. I listened to my own podcast. Uh, <laughs> that McConaughey came out pretty good though. It did. It? You know, I, I'll be honest. I thought that sounded a little better than I was uh, even thinking it would. So nice job on that. All right. So shall we get on to the Vikings here? Um, yes, let's do so. They're, they're waiting all bated breath for us to continue. Thank, so we yeah, must. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. All right, number 18, got the best interior offensive lineman in the class, Garrett Bradbury. I know there's been some reluctance to move Pat offline away from center, but let's do it. Let's put him over there at left guard. Let's put in Bradbury. Let's get better in two spots. You know, you're going to have a lot of zone concepts coming to this offense with Gary Kubiak in the mix. You have an elite reach blocking caliber guy that has amazing lateral mobility, can reach landmarks in space, going to be solid in pass pro. I think he's a perfect fit. Just open up your minds to moving offline to, to guard. Uh, So that's at number 18 at number 50, Chase Winovich, edge rusher from Michigan. Uh, Everson Griffin's getting a little older and I don't necessarily like the depth behind Griffin and Hunter. And this allows us to make an investment at a premium position and make sure that the pass rush for the Minnesota Vikings remains a strength. I think he would really fit in in terms of the energy that he brings. And I think a lot of times people maybe just confuse that Winovich is a super high motor effort guy. No, dude, he's got a lot of play strength and he's got a lot of technique and really good hand usage and how he beats blocks. So uh, putting him into a 4-3 defense, having him attack forward uh, is going to be really exciting for what he can do off the edge. And you 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 can put you can put Griffin, Hunter, and Winovich on the field at the same time and, and good luck. Good luck blocking that. Uh, and then with pick number 81, we went back to the offensive line because I'm serious about fixing this offensive line. And there's a sleeper because we're not talking about him enough at offensive tackle that I love. I'm talking about Oklahoma's Bobby Evans, who I think has the ability to play left and right tackle. And right now I know they have Riley Reef and Brian O'Neill, but neither one of those two players is preventing me from investing further, getting you a really good guy that can be your your swing tackle right now and really challenge a guy like Brian O'Neill, who was a little bit better than I thought as a rookie, but a guy that needs to be challenged. And I think you get a, a guy in Bobby Evans that's a little bit of a sleeper that I think has starting uh, caliber traits that could – maybe surplant Brian O'Neill and really challenge Riley Reef as, as maybe the successor there at left tackle. So I love the, the long-term vision that I get in having Bobby Evans as part of the mix, the flexibility now and in the future. So at uh, 18, Garrett Bradbury. At 50, Chase Winovich. At 81, Bobby Evans. First of all, it warms my heart to hear you say good things about Bobby Evans. Good player, man. Good. We're yeah. not talking about him enough. He's a good player. No, I remember I, I watched him – early i was asked by someone to take a look at him before the season was even over saying he was thinking about declaring and ended up taking a look and i said wow like this this guy's maybe a day end of day two offensive tackle and sounds like you're right there with me so uh good underrated player like you said joe pretty athletic uh for me the vikings on the clock at 18 
Uh, I went with Christian Wilkins with the 18th pick. I just think you could take Wilkins and you can put him in between Danielle Hunter, Linval Joseph, Everson Griffin, and you have yourself a very, very potent physical group of guys up front, a bunch of uh, tone setters for the Minnesota Vikings. I love the prospect of plugging him into that starting lineup. I know they have some, some depth pieces there as well, but Wilkins was too good of a value for me to pass up. Ultimately at 50, I went with an interior offensive lineman to play left guard. And it's, uh, it's Michael Dieter, Wisconsin, who played, I think he's got 10 starts at center guard and tackle plus over the course of his college career at Wisconsin. Uh, he played left tackle in 2017. They moved him inside to, to left guard this past year. I think his tape was much more translatable there. I think he's physical. He's nimble. He can pull. Very good functional athleticism. And he's a people mover up front. But he's mobile enough that he can project into this outside zone that they're going to be trying to run here in Minnesota. So I think that's a very friendly transition for Michael Dieter's skill set. And then at 81, I went with a tight end potential uh, heir for Kyle Rudolph. I know they got Tyler Conklin and David Morgan are guys that they've invested in recently, but those guys were both day three picks. So getting somebody who's a little more naturally talented and, and a little bit more of a dynamic receiving option was an attractive proposition for me. I took Jay Sternberger at 81, uh, who I think is one of the better receiving tight ends in this class. He didn't necessarily run as fast as I was expecting him to, but he didn't run as fast as I was expecting him to because he had a lot of chunk plays in the open field last year at Texas A&M. So my three, Christian Wilkins at 18, Michael Dieter at 50, and Jay Sternberger at 81 for the Vikings. Not bad, Kyle. Not bad. I like uh, that we have, do we have enough time left to get to the Bears? Yeah, I think we'll squeeze <laughs> the Bears in, I suppose. Uh, uh, is it you your lead on them? Yeah, I probably. You, I led the first. I did the Vikings first, so it's you your did, turn to go first. Yeah, so I got to lead this one. Uh, okay. So, Chicago Bears. First pick coming up at 87 overall. And I'm really kind of mulling this and him and hawing it. I don't – I ultimately decided on a very high upside pick. I think if there's a team that could take a high upside pick, the Bears are a team that could afford to do it. I drafted some pass rush depth and help for them. Uh, they have had some issues with durability with Leonard Floyd. Obviously, they have Khalil Mack uh, who, on the roster. He's going to be a, a staple of their future long term. Uh, but I went with Ben Banigou, the rush player, edge defender from Texas Christian, who uh, is still kind of figuring out how to use pass rush counters and be effective in that regard. But it's a very high upside selection here with the 87th pick. And this draft class is as good of a, an example as any for Chicago that your winning window uh, you've invested this draft already, so it's not going to kill you. You're not expecting to get a guy that's going to come in at 87 and be an instant difference maker for your team. Ben Banigou has developmental upside. He would give you some flexibility with whatever you chose to do with Leonard Floyd, who, depending on the year, depending on his health, has not been able to meet some of the expectations surrounding him. 
And you could also scheme him in depending on down and distance. And if you want to go even front, odd front, you know, put his hand in the ground. He's played some some two-point stance releases as well. So a lot of things that you can do. And he's a ball of clay, but an elite physical talent ball of clay that you can mold however you want. All right. Uh, with me, I pick number 87. I was a little surprised to see this player available. And uh, maybe he doesn't – he's not a, he's not a true need – like, you know, a guy that fits an immediate need, but I think he has long-term starting potential here. And I'm talking about Juan Thornhill safety from Virginia. Um, you know, you've got haha Clinton Dix on a one-year deal. Um, and you know, he's, he's a good safety, you know, is he a great safety? I don't think that's ever been the case there. Uh, you've got, you know, Prince of Mukamara who's playing corner there. That's getting older. And, um, I feel like there's versatility with Thornhill and so you can play the matchups a little bit right away with the guy that's experienced at corner, experienced at safety, really good ball skills, really good processor, tested out of his mind at the combine. I mean, really three or four years of good production there at Virginia. I feel like, think he's a pretty clean projection and a guy that can really help this secondary that has some new pieces in, in place this year and uh, provide them a versatile player to help them right away, but also I think be the natural guy next to Eddie Jackson uh, beyond this year if he doesn't beat out Clinton Dix outright to, to win that job. So I love the versatility that he brings to this secondary that has a lot of new pieces this year. Folks, there you have it. We hope you enjoyed the first of eight episodes divisionally divided of uh, the dueling what would we do mock drafts. Uh, what would we do mocks is something that Joe and I enjoy doing and breaking it up and kind of taking advantage of some of the tools over at the draftnetwork.com is a nice marriage of ideologies and, and mixing those things together. We encourage you guys uh, to do the same. We don't want to know based on predictive what well, we do that too. But we'd also love to know what you guys would do with your favorite team. So as we work around to your favorite team's division, make sure you let us know who you would be picking for the Bears, not necessarily who you think the Bears would pick. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. Come back tomorrow. We haven't decided what division we're doing tomorrow, but uh, we'll hash it out. And uh, make sure you go on Twitter. Joe is at the Joe Marino. I'm at Grinding the Tape. We're going to put out polls and ask you guys to decide who did the best for each team? Joe, I want to establish this right now before we get off the air. Stop taking screenshots and pay attention. How'd you know I did a screenshot? I heard it. Oh, really? <laughs> How did you hear it? That's crazy. I need to know, are we listing the players on the poll? Yeah, I think or- what it should say is, which three-round mock draft do you like best for the Packers? A, B. Poll is A or B. Okay, that's fine. I just wanted to make sure we were uniform and standard there before we started doing polls. Yeah, but don't put names because you know people will pick for me just so they don't vote for you. I know. That's yeah. <laughs> Wait, put the that. names in there. Put, put. Hell no, we're signing <laughs> off. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.